El futuro tiene nada más que la confrontación. You don't even like this show. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. I used to host a podcast called Unpopular Opinion, and that podcast was this podcast. But then everyone else in the world decided they liked the name Unpopular Opinion a lot too, so we changed the name to You Don't Even Like This Show. Each week, me and a couple of guests selected from a pool of the absolute sharpest minds the LA entertainment scene has to offer use this here space to talk about whatever the hell we want. News, pop culture, politics, information, you name it, we talk about it. And sometimes my co-host Jeff May is here too. It's a blast. You're going to love it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to You Don't Even Like This Show, a podcast about news, information, pop culture, technique, style, <laughs> Walking, jogging, whatever it is. Uniqueness, nerve, talent. Yeah. You, is, you do the alphabet with your tongue. That's the technique, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I tie cherry stems with my tongue. Hey, I'm Adam Todd Brown. I'm your host. Joining me as co host this week. Ooh, my favorite co host of all. No co host. But I do have a couple of guests in the proverbial room. Case in point. Jessica Singer's here. Hello. Jessica, how's it going? It's going pretty good. Going pretty Happy good. Happy birthday. I miss Thanks. your birthday. It's okay. It was just Saturday. You're within the week. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Get off my back. I'm not, I, you're right. I was, seemed really upset and I should really get off your back. I would agree. And you know who else would agree? Rivers Langley. He's here too. Hey, you, you missed my half birthday one month ago. Your half birthday? One month ago. Yeah. You are far too old to celebrate a half birthday. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're only, what, five months away from the real deal, baby. I don't even know what my half birthday is. I guess September 20th? Oh, so close. My half birthday is August 10th. All right. <laughs> so we are doing an international news roundup episode. And here's the thing. We're working a little bit in the future because... By the time this goes up, I will be back, but I'm out of the country, so I have to record ahead. Otherwise, the people won't have casts to pod. We're going to talk about international news, and that could potentially get you stopped at a border of a foreign country, so you want to delay Correct. it until you get back. Yeah. Weirdly, no South American news in this. <laughs> Everything seems pretty great down there, and... Also, I tried to go with stories that probably aren't going to change that much between now and when this goes up, which is like... One just mostly. had an edit yesterday. Did you see that? The little footnote about an edit? Which one? The nurse article. Oh, no. See? That's what I'm talking about. So news can change. The news travels fast. So yeah, I tried to keep it to evergreen stories. In case anyone's wondering if I don't realize there is a genocide happening in Palestine. I do. I do. But who fucking knows where that's going to be by the time this episode goes up? Yeah, I was going to say it would be great if there wasn't when this came out. It's probably done. It's probably it done. Hey, I'm just saying yeah. it would be great. It would be great. <laughs> so, yes, acknowledging that, yes, that is happening 
on the world stage. We're just working on a weird timeline here. So this first story, international news. Seoul, South Korea police have been charged for deleting Halloween crush evidence. For starters, police charged is a phrase we absolutely love to see, even if it's in another country. And they sure as shit deserve it in this case. There is a documentary out there called Crush. We did an episode of Pretty Scary about it. And it covers this incident that happened in Seoul, South Korea in 2022, where 160 people were killed in this crushing incident on Halloween night. So many. It's a lot. Yeah. If you watch the documentary, for one thing, it's my nightmare. Yeah. Just being in a crowd like that. But the worst part about it is they got so tangled and so compressed in together that there were people at the end of this crowd of people who were standing like three feet away who were like, I would love to help you, but I cannot physically pull you out of this mass of people you're in. Like people were packed in that tight. They were like eye to eye with people who were just standing there like, yeah, I would help if I could, but I can't get you out. That's so wild. And this was just like out in the street. Yeah. What happened is there's this one particular district in Seoul, South Korea, that's not only like the party district, but it's where you go if you're like LGBTQ. Like, it's that area of Seoul, South Korea. And they talk about in this documentary how that whole scene, just even the idea of going out and partying, culturally is looked down upon at every level. If you're out partying and doing shit like that, you're just wasting your time. And so they didn't take the threat that they knew was posed by Halloween happening in this area After COVID, when people had been like stuck in the house forever, they knew it was going to be a bigger crowd than usual, very congested area. But because it was the area that it was and that people were there to do what they were there to do, the police didn't care. They did a report, actually four different reports that all came to the same conclusion, which was there's going to be some safety concerns on Halloween night here. And not only did they not follow up on those safety concerns, they also eventually deleted those reports after this incident happened. And that's what these cops are being charged for. They were the ones who are being charged with deleting the report. I'm sure there were superiors above them who told them to do it. But these two cops are being charged with it. And Like all of the, this is all in the documentary. This isn't me speculating on Korean culture, but the documentary, it's on Paramount Plus. It's called Crush and it's worth watching, especially if you're one of those types who thinks police don't ever like willfully do wrong. Right. Yeah. I was going to say, this is the international equivalent of what they call here, blue flu 
where cops uh, willingly don't do their job uh, because either if you want to assume it's part of some grander plan, it's a cycle of gentrification, uh, that sort of thing, like make an area as shitty as possible so evil assholes can buy it up, or if you want to just make it more kind of personal, it's like, oh, well, these people don't like us, so fuck them, kind of a thing. But it's interesting that someone's actually being charged for it. To your point, it's like in other countries, when cops get fired, everyone's like, yes, and they should, kind of a thing. And here, that would be the biggest headline ever. Yeah. And I mean, we have hit the point where sometimes cops get charged, but... I mean, these guys didn't get very much time. Yeah, they got... For 160 people dying? Yeah, one of them got a year, one of them got 18 months. That's definitely not That's a lot lot for cops, though. That's uh, In cop-adjusted terms, that's like a life sentence. Yeah, that's true. And I don't know how justice works in Korea, because other countries, shit is just different. Like, you can murder a motherfucker, and they'll be like, you get life in prison. And that, of course, is 18 and a half years. Uh, You'll be out when you're in your... It'll be fine. Or prisons are very nice. We're sorry for the inconvenience. So yeah, I don't know. But yeah, they didn't get a lot. Like the sentence isn't that huge. But like they didn't. Well, and they didn't kill people. They didn't like. Yeah. They just covered it up. I don't know why I'm like making that distinction. Well, what I think is a good distinction, too, is something you said earlier, which they were probably told to do it by higher ups. Not that like a good excuse is I was doing what I was told, but the people higher up are the ones that should be. Yeah. And you especially have to take that into account because it's in Korea. There was a very famous Korean Airlines crash might have been the 90s. But at the time, the culture within Korean airlines was that you just didn't question your superiors. Mm. That stemmed from a bigger cultural thing in the country. It wasn't like that started with Korean airlines. And in this Korean airlines crash, there is some thought or suggestion that the co-pilot knew they were probably going to crash and that the captain was doing things that were going to make them crash, but just could not culturally assert himself in that way to say anything. That's and so hundreds of people died. And they've like since changed within Korean airlines, I guess. And I think there is some dispute as to whether that's the whole story, but I don't know. There's a true crime show about plane crashes. And that's what they said in that. And since when do true crime shows lie? Except the episode of Fear Thy Roommate about the pizza owner guy in Kansas City. Anyway. My, my favorite true crime show is called Buried in the Backyard. And you'll never guess how every episode ends. What's it about? <laughs> it's about people <laughs> who got buried in the backyard, which kills the mystery of every episode. You're like, I know, I know where she's at. Anyway, no, I, have, I haven't seen the, the documentary. It's, it, sounds, it sounds interesting, but... Yeah, that's it's it's kind of wild that you're saying that's a party scene is like looked down upon because I lived with a Korean American dude for five years and I've never seen any group of people party fucking harder. So maybe that's the American influence creeping in. But man, Koreans get down, dude. No, well, it's, it's also like the it's like the queer party scene, right? Is it that if it's that specifically, then yeah, that makes more sense. Well, not just that, but it's 
like a generational thing too. Sure. Right? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. a belief that's held by older people, but they're the ones in charge of making decisions about like how many police to send to this district on Halloween night, because there had been other gatherings before this that like they were able to shut down the streets and shut down subway stations to make sure things didn't get as congested as they did. And they didn't do any of that for this for some reason. And people assume it's just because it happened where it happened. Yeah. And they well, like you're saying, that sounds like American cops too. It sounds like the exact same kind of shit that happens here. It's an international fraternity and they say that uh, for a reason. Yeah. People should watch the documentary. It's on Paramount Plus. Yeah, no, I'm probably going to watch it. It's two episodes. It's pretty short. And with it happening when it did, which is 2022, there is so much footage from inside Proud. Because everyone ha- everyone's filming all the time. Everyone's filming. And it is rough. It's fucking rough. And interestingly enough, everyone they interview is American. So there's, which at first it seems like, oh, why aren't you interviewing Korean people? But it, as you, as you watch it, it makes sense why they interviewed the people they did. And it, I mean, it makes it easier to follow. Like there's no. Yeah. No, I, I, now that I know I don't have to like read the whole thing also, that is good to know. I can watch it. Okay. This next story, this is kind of the nightmare. Once you get old, right? A man in the UK named Luke DeWitt is accused. He's even got a Florida man name. Like, it's the most Florida man guy ever. Uh, but uh, anyway. <laughs> he is accused of befriending an elderly couple, poisoning them with fentanyl, and then rewriting their will to take all their shit. The victims were Stephen and Carol Baxter, 61 and 64, respectively. So yeah, they're not that old. Like not that old. Like I get that some some sixty one year olds are old and some aren't. You know what I mean? Yeah, both of my folks are older than that. Yeah, right. Lucy. Oh yeah, my mom's way older. But the fact that he didn't change their will until the next day, the fact that he couldn't like sneak a phone over even just like a day before he decided to do it. He, the fact he did it on his phone is amazing to me. I'm like, so you're going to do this on the most connected device you can. <laughs> you will yeah, absolutely that, create a trail. Yeah, that part was pretty curious. Anytime anyone commits a murder and uses their own phone in any way, it's like you are disrespecting the art right now. Like what? The art you- of murder? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like how? Like there was a. NBA G League player who just got arrested for murder in Las Vegas. He like had a game in Las Vegas, fucking played, strangled a woman in her car, and then like got on the team bus the next morning. And him and his girlfriend, who like conspired with him to commit this murder, were just incessantly texting back and forth about it. And they were like, let's do it like in the movies. And it's like, why are you using your own phone, you fucking morons? Yeah, the only time that's excusable is like Gypsy Rose because she didn't know about how things worked. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah. But like, if you know a little bit about how the world works, don't <laughs> you, do that. You should be sending messages via pigeon and burning them in a large Victorian <laughs> fireplace. <laughs> Can I mention? So these old, older, older people earned their money from a company they created that was that that were like bath mats that were a specific shape. I want to find what it was called. Cast splash, which I guess is supposed to be a take off on like casbah like rock the casbah kind of a thing or something i just thought i could really see a commercial for like is your rug slightly the wrong shape for your bathroom try casbah the cast splash sounds like a background detail on some true crime show where it's like this mormon family created cast splash and caused a utah revolution but then somebody had them killed like it is yeah. like such it's such a little weird detail yeah it seems like they mention it as if Someone reading this is going to be like, shit, the cast splash people? <laughs> I've got a cast splash. It fits my bathtub perfectly. Like, I was trying to figure out what it was. It said it was like a, it was like U-shaped or something, so it fits in the bath. But like I'm a like, specific shape of bath, yeah. I, I guess, but it's like, I, just get a smaller one. It'll fit in yeah. the bath if it's small. Hey, it was her thing that she created, okay? <laughs> it is I'm her not... legacy. <laughs> I'm not going to take the bath mat industry that long to figure out, make these the shape of the bathtubs. This triangle but, shit is but, not coming in. But my thing is, like, I, if you're in the bath, you just need room for two of your feet. Just get a smaller one. Why do you need one that takes up the entire bathtub? Are you no, fucking tangoing in it's there? A, it's a bath mat for outside so you don't get the floor wet. Oh, I was thinking yeah. bath mat like like so you don't slip in the tub. Okay, my bad. No, it's for outside. That's why it's like the external, like it wraps around the bath night. Oh, uh, okay. So if you have like a claw foot, t- I don't know. Anyway, I'm wrong. Hey. Are you googling cast splash? <laughs> it says in the article, cast splash was a bath mat to fit yeah. in a curved corner shower. Yeah. So is. Yeah, so just, so just get a smaller mat, and then it'll fit right in there. Yeah, so. I think it's meant to keep old people from falling in the shower like idiots. Uh-huh. Also, like, he murdered them with fentanyl. Did he think that people were going to think that they were, like, partying and accidentally took fentanyl? Like, what is... Like, they're going to know it's a murder. These are outside of the rounding shower. I am on their Instagram. Oh, it's 100% correct. And once again, looking at this, how did it take this fucking long to invent that? She thought she invented it, but other people have made them as well. I mean, Cast Splash is still around. I want one. They have an Insta. They have 80 plus followers. Okay. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Very available nice. In gray. It's available that in blue, gray. that terrible yet beautiful blue. It's available in a like a dark hot pink. Hey, what I'm saying is Mr. and Mrs. Kaz Splash had a daughter. And the daughter was like, I think maybe the guy that changed the will on his iPhone <laughs> killed my parents with that <laughs> Did you see the picture of the guy? He was the most British looking man of all time. He had like the ruddy face and he had like the the semi puffy jacket and shit like like the picture the still frame from the thing it looked like he He's was a dumb it, face. I'll tell you that. This oh yeah. Looks like a dumb guy. Yeah, and the still frame looked like he was in the middle of like yelling something racist at a Nigerian soccer player on TV. Like he looked extremely British. Yeah. And but the neighborhood like if not for the cars I'd be like is 
Is he in Detroit? Where is yeah. He? yeah, that's yeah. valid. <laughs> it's very strange. And yeah. yeah, he changed this will to make himself like the king of the Baxter empire. Basically, he got yeah, all the shit. He also created a bunch of fake personas, including one of a solicitor, which I believe is a lawyer in England, the UK, to convince the rest of the Baxter family that this will he created was real. And they were probably just like, you just have a fake mustache and one of those wigs that they wear in court in England. It is so dangerous when dumb people think they're smart. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just anyone yeah. who thinks they can get away with murder. Like, they are that's, other solutions. That's, that's a scary thing because once you think you can get away with it, you're probably just going to do it. All right. Next story National Health Service nurses are being investigated for, quote, industrial scale qualifications fraud. A scam involving as many as 700 National Health Service workers has been uncovered in the UK. And basically, it involves people in Nigeria. There is a test you have to pass in order to work in the UK. And they were having people take these tests for them so they could obtain work in the UK. Now, what's not clear to me is if this is a nursing test or just a like, will you not say mean shit about Margaret Thatcher kind of test? Oh, if it's like um, like an HR test or like a skill test? Well, because it says it's a test that you have to take just to be cleared to work in the UK. And they're trying to tie it to, well, so all these nurses are potentially incompetent because they didn't actually take this test. But is it a nursing test? Because I found not this article confused. Yeah, the, the article doesn't describe it as a nursing test. It's just a test you have to take to get to be able to work in the country. I, which that I, feels different to me. Yeah, I think, well, because they said there was like hundreds of people implicated, but that only, I think it was like 70 or 80 or something like that were actually nurses and the rest were nurses assistants. So I think yeah. it was, I think it was, I guess, like a nursing, some sort of nursing test in Nigeria. And they were just sending people to take it and pass it for you. And then that person would gain access to the UK. Like, I guess it was probably for a work visa, but I don't know. I have to yeah. assume there was something medical about it if the, the actual nurses got in. Yeah. If it was an actual test of like nursing competence, then yeah, this is a, this is a big problem. It's a very big problem. And the thing is, 48 of the people they've identified are already working as nurses. So they just have to take this test again and pass it and they'll be fine, which sounds like the plot of a fantastic 80s movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bring, bring in new replacements from, yeah. from elsewhere. Bring in, bring in like Mark Harmon to teach a class. <laughs> Hell yeah, I like that. This is a quote from... Peter Carter, who is a British healthcare guy. It's very, very worrying. I bet you all thought I was going to do like a stereotypical British accent. And then I'm, I am, I am so much better than that. Let's hear the quote. It's very, very worrying if there's an organization that's involving themselves in fraudulent activity, enabling nurses to bypass these tests 
or if they are using surrogates to do exams for them, because the implication is that we end up in the UK with nurses who aren't competent governor in it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, and he continued, I'll give you one pence to die for two pence tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and so the actual claim is that around 1,900 healthcare workers faked test results to get jobs, but the fucking UK feds can only prove it in the case of those 700. But all 1,900 have to retake the test, which I don't know if you can't prove it. I feel like you got away with it. Why? Why do you have right. to take that? Yeah, it's your stupid rules. You know what I mean? You can't be mad that your own shitty system fucked up. You can just change it. And how bad did those 700 people fuck up cheating on that test? That, yeah. That obvious. I feel like I have more questions than answers. This is definitely one of those stories that. Posts. Yeah. Like, as you like, I, I, I feel like there's more, there's more to find out. Yeah. This reminds me of the of the online driver safety school thing that you have to do if you get a speeding ticket, where you can just go on Google and they just have the answers. And you're like, click, 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 click. Yeah, epiglottis, whatever, trachea, click, click. All right. So this next story. This, I need to see this movie. Yes. Please. This is some movie shit. Spanish authorities were recently tipped off by some fucking narc about a vessel carrying 2.3 tons of cocaine from South America to Spain. And as police prepared to intercept the ship, this is a quote, the agents learned that one member of the tugboat crew of Serbian origin had kidnapped the rest of the crew. Why has it got to be of Serbian origin? Why is, why is that? Why they know why? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you can't trust them, man. They started World War One. You know what I'm saying? Can't trust. Them I was Serbs. thinking when when I read this article, I was like, what if they were all in on it, but they decided if they ever get caught, one scapegoat. Oh no, we were all taken hostage. <laughs> like, yeah, except he did murder that one guy. But other than that, but he would probably I mean, was going to take one for the team, or it's uh, not going to look real. This is a quote from Spanish police. Furthermore, in order to take control of the boat, the kidnapper would have shot one of the men and later thrown his body into the sea. That's a little broken English, but you get it. I desperately want to see the I am the captain now scene on a boat full of cocaine where everyone has a gun. I am the captain now. I am the captain now. Like It's, it's kind of hard to pull off, frankly. How did this guy think this was going to end? I found some other articles talking about it. It's $70 million worth of cocaine is how much that comes out to. And I legitimately think, like, I think he was just going to steal it, right? Like, he was just like, why am I driving the boat when I could have the 2.3 tons of cocaine for myself? And so I think he was just going rogue with it. Yeah. I mean, I guess he thought it was going to be a means to get away. No, no, the, the cops had the, they had eyes on the boat, but they didn't know there was a hostage situation until they got to the boat. This guy took them prisoner. Yeah, yeah, because I, I was reading other articles because I was kind of confused about it. And it said that they had a, the, the other article I said, I saw said they have a, they had a falling out before they got busted. The people busting uh -huh. them just, they showed up and this was going on. So this was like, 
It's like if you're you're hired to do a job and you're like, all right, my job is to arrest these people and also seize this cocaine. And then you show up and it's like, whoa, 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 hold on. What? What? What the fuck? Like, they just, they came upon, it was sort of like Lord of the Flies. Like, yeah, we're going to rescue the kids. And then they got to the island. They're like, oh, this is fucked. Imagine being that guy. Like, that's a real, like, Marge showing up when you're stuffing Steve Buscemi in the wood chipper. Like, the last thing you're expecting is that the police are going to board your vessel while you are taking the crew hostage. That makes this even fucking crazier. Like, of all the day, I bet he'd been thinking about that. Like, you know this wasn't his first fucking rodeo. Like, he's he's done this before. And I bet every time he was like, one of these days, one of these days, I'm just going to kidnap everyone on this boat. I'm going to take this cocaine somewhere and I'm going to be rich and I'm going to live out the rest of my life in peace and happiness. And the fucking day he decides to do it, here come the goddamn cops. Fucking ACAB. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. ACAB includes Spain. I, I looked this boat up, by the way. It is literally a tugboat. Like, I was thinking that a tug was just a boat, a name for some boat I didn't understand. But no, like, you look at it, and it is literally just a huge tugboat. And I also liked that it specified that the two tons of cocaine was hidden in a secret compartment. And I'm like, how secretive can a compartment containing two tons of coke be? Like, <laughs> it had I a have- big sign on it that said, this is not cocaine. Yeah, I, I was I was imagining a let's I, I was imagining a let's make a deal showcase like it's not this one <laughs> like that. Yeah, it's like that must have been most of the boat. Like there was room on this boat for these people and the drugs. And that's pretty much it. So, yeah, that was. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I need a movie. It's 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 very. It's yeah, very I, I appreciate that you did all that extra research because none of that comes up in this Guardian article. <laughs> Yeah, I got well because I was just like this. This leaves that out. I, I know. Yeah, well, that's the most interesting part too because I thought it was the same thing. I was like, it was. It's like a terrible hostage negotiating tactic. You're in the middle of the fucking ocean. You have no leverage. They don't care about these people. They just want the drugs. Like it's a terrible. But no, the shit went down, and then the cops showed up to just bust them. And was like, oh wait, now we. So that's why it said it took them like twelve hours to get a negotiator out there because they're in the middle of the ocean, and they were like, oh wait, we need this now. We got to wake a guy up to come <laughs> to the middle of the ocean to hostage negotiate. This is bullshit. And how does it feel to be the other eight people on that boat? Because on the one hand, the police show up and rescue them from this kidnapping, which was almost certainly going to end in murder. And they're like, well, that's a relief. And also, yeah, we were smuggling drugs through the ocean. Going to Spanish prison for two tons of coke. All right, let's close out talking about a trio of Russia stories. If I recall correctly, they were at war once with Ukraine. (laughs) They still are. And hey, make sure you keep using X, formerly known as Twitter. This first story, Ukraine intelligence confirms Russia is using Elon Musk's Starlink system on the battlefield. Starlink, if you're unfamiliar, is Elon Musk's satellite internet system it's the one thing that elon built that actually works and they're using it to for war yeah cool. ukraine has been using it for war yeah and like in terms of the united states view of things that's fine but russia using it is a whole different thing have either of you heard that story that came out just recently 
I heard about it because I still watch the news like on TV. I watch the national news and the local news every day. And there was a story on NBC Nightly News recently about how the military establishment is all up in arms because Russia, we just found out, has some kind of capability in space that we didn't know that they had. And they were being really tight-lipped about what it was. I wonder if it's this. I wonder if that's what they were talking about. The math seems to be mathing on that. Yeah, because like these two stories are coming out at the exact same time. And, oh man, what if they are able to either prove or convincingly fake evidence that Elon Musk like sold this technology to Russia? I mean, that would be a war crime, right? It'd be a violation of the United States, like, sanctions against Russia, for sure. But it is also kind of, if you wanted to go another route into explanation of this, it is just sort of, it's indicative of what, how how essentially difficult sanctioning anybody is when you've yeah. got teenagers in, in Syria that can get drones and fuck people up just buying them off of oh. Alibaba and stuff like that. So there is a chance that this was, they were purchased through an intermediary and brought into Russia, but you know, who knows? And, I, and can, what we're about to talk about with, with Putin and everything like that, I would not rule out Elon being involved directly. Yeah, but that does seem to be the suggestion that he would maybe have been buying this technology from the Middle East somewhere. Which, which, oh, thank, I I don't want Elon Musk to be caught up in any scandal, so. (laughs) No, and and furthermore, if he he was involved, he would have already told everybody. Yeah, that's true. Because he's a man who can't shut the fuck up. Yeah, he has, or Starlink has denied selling any of this technology to Russia. But who knows? The next Putin story. Putin was surprised by the lack of tough questions in his interview with Tucker Carlson. I will admit, I have not watched this interview yet. I am dying to watch it. Yeah, I watched the interviews that were in the news article about the interview, but I haven't seen the interview. I watched every fucking moment of it, and you're going to be disappointed by how boring it is, and but also the kind of meta narrative of what's happening is kind of what's interesting more than what's actually being said, which is that basically they're working not at cross purposes exactly, but Tucker does not go where Putin wants him to go. And Putin doesn't go where Tucker wants him to go. They're like, because the whole thing is like Tucker wants to basically get Putin to kind of skip over the Ukraine discussion and just be like, yes, we felt threatened by NATO, but our borders, we believe that this is historically part of Russia and blah, 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 so that they can then move on to all the culture war bullshit that Vladimir Putin has engaged in. Because the reason they want to prop this guy up is because, A, he helps their narrative in terms of being anti-gay and extremely Christian nationalists and all that stuff. But Putin never takes the fucking bait. He can't, he doesn't know that, like, Tucker's trying to just get him to move on. And he literally gives him a history lesson. He starts in, like, the year 800. And (laughs) the first thing, like, he says is, he goes, Putin says, are we having a talk show or a serious conversation? 
And Tucker goes, well, it's, it's just a serious conversation. And then Vladimir Putin goes, okay, then. Well, you've you've studied history. Uh, that is what you studied in college. Let's go back to the year 800. And then proceeds to spend 30 minutes explaining Russian history, which all just leads to basically Stalin said that Ukraine was ours. And then Hitler said Ukraine was ours. So therefore, it's ours. And that's what he was getting to. But Tucker's an idiot. And he he can't steer the ship to where he wants it to go. So they never even get into the juicy shit. Like, the whole reason of having this interview is so Vladimir Putin can be like, yes, Trump is right, and gay people are destroying your country, and we keep our Christianity as pure and all that shit. They never even get to it. So That's fascinating. I am excited to watch it. Like, uh, I, I don't know why he would... I mean, I guess... I think we overestimate how much Putin and Russia, like, know about people like Tucker Carlson. And oh, he did he did his research. At one point he just talking he's talking about the CIA. They're talking about the Nord pipeline and Tucker goes uh the CIA which you tried to work for at one point. Like he did his research cuz Tucker Carlson <laughs> tried to be a CIA guy and and failed. And so he did. Honestly, of course he did. Oh yeah, I think his dad is like a, a CIA dude as well. Like he comes from he comes from that that persuasion. But Putin like did his homework on the guy and leading up to it, like Russian media was just like the most famous American journalist ever is coming to interview Vladimir <laughs> Putin. Like they hyped him the fuck up so that when he inevitably failed, Putin could be like, yes, America's best journalist is a bitch boy. Yeah, I found this article interesting where Putin basically said, like, I wanted him to ask me tougher questions about the war in Ukraine so I could answer them. And it's like, oh, Vladimir, you don't know who you've got on your hands. That's not a serious journalist. That's Tucker Carlson. He's not going to do any of that. This is Tucker Carlson being Tucker Carlson at the end of the day. Yeah. Like, I think Putin didn't expect to have an ally on the other side of this interview. Oh, no, I think he did. Because, like, Tucker Carlson going into it, like, in the intro, he's like, he's like, isn't it weird that not a single Western journalist has even bothered to interview the president? But, like, meanwhile, the Kremlin's, like, they actually asked a bunch of other reporters, but they turned them down because of their pro-Western bias. Like, Tucker was specifically selected because he's a shithead. And I do think that Putin's ultimate goal, because and he said as much, I don't even have to say i think he said as much as like the united states government no matter who is in power is going to oppose russia so he's trying to go around that by engaging with very influential people who have a lot of soft power like trump as long as he's out of office obviously that that soft power and and elon musk to a certain degree which is why he did this with tucker who specifically creates content for twitter because yeah. he knew that Musk would have to engage with this. That's where this interview was was aired, because Tucker doesn't work for Fox anymore. He works for Elon. So I think that's the thing, is he's trying to win American hearts and minds, So and it's a way to hedge his bets, because if Trump comes back into power, and indeed, as he was quoted as saying, he'll let Russia do whatever they want, that's a win in his column. And if he doesn't come back into power, it just makes more and more people sympathetic to the kind of right-wing Christian nationalist, traditionalist, whatever you want to call it, cause, which he's doing by actively stoking American culture war bullshit. But then yeah. he had the perfect guy to do the culture war with and didn't do it. Like, that's why it's so mystifying. You're like, did no one brief him? It's like, dude, Tucker wants to talk about 
people's fucking genitals. That's it. That's what he's concerned about. <laughs> he doesn't actually give a fuck about Ukraine. He wants you to talk shit about gay people. So the fact they didn't do that is crazy. So anyway, it's it's weird. I think both of them went into it without enough information. In yeah. John Stewart's back on The Daily Show. How do we feel about the theory that John Stewart is a little bit to blame for Tucker Carlson in the same way Obama showed up at that correspondence dinner and was like, Hey, can you believe Donald Trump thought he was going to be president? I don't know why my Obama sounds like Joe Biden, but (laughs) people were like, look at the look on Trump's face. He's like, all right, motherfucker, I am going to be president. And there's that very famous moment where Jon Stewart called Tucker Carlson a dick on TV. And there is some speculation that that's the moment where Tucker Carlson was like, all right, well, I'm just going to be fucking right wing Jon Stewart then. Like if that made Jon Stewart famous, then I'm just going to do that. And I'm just going to be that. And like, there's a chance Tucker Carlson doesn't believe a fucking word of anything he's saying. And he's just like kayfabe in that shit on. Oh, well, they they leaked all of his texts and he was actively like Trump is a problem for us and stuff like that. He doesn't, he actively doesn't believe any of this stuff. He's the most cynical man ever. But the the difference between him and Trump is like Trump has that strange natural charisma and intuition and that kind of thing. Tucker, it, and it makes him into a strong man as far as his presentation. Whereas Tucker, he got famous because he got humiliated by Jon Stewart on Crossfire in 2004. That's the thing he was famous for, is being the the guy with the little bow tie and the little shit-eating guy. So he's leaned into that. And the fact that he is now completely, you know, out of any power. If this interview had happened two years ago when he was at Fox News, that's one thing. But the fact that he got drummed out of there and now he's not talking about how many people are actually watching the show, but how many impressions the show has, as in the two seconds the thing plays as you scroll past it, tells you everything. He's kind of lost it all. I don't think he's making a comeback. He's been at every network now. He's gotten kicked out of CNN, MSNBC, and now Fox as well. Yeah, just start a Patreon, dude. Yeah. Hey, if fracking billionaires are picking up the tab, you don't need a Patreon. That's the that's the shittiest part about all these right-wing pundits is every one of them is propped up by fucking billionaires and left-wing people have to actually go to Patreon where people are because uh, we don't we don't got billionaires on our side. Yeah. Jessica, what are you I was just going to say as much as Tucker Carlson might be like his career may be like a reaction or a response to what John Stewart did. I think it's a lot to say it was John Stewart's fault. Oh yeah. Yeah. But I do think it is a reaction to it. I just have a very soft spot in my heart for John Stewart and I love him a lot. And John Stewart absolutely did the right thing in that moment. Like, yeah. I mean, it's just like, and he was younger at the time too. It's like everyone, everyone's just a, just a person reacting. No, I don't think John Stewart did anything wrong. I don't just like I don't okay. think Obama like is truly to blame for yeah, Trump. But like terrible people will react to those things in those ways. Yeah. Also, do you know where his his money came from, Tucker Carlson? Your mom. If my mom had this kind of money, I, I wouldn't be on a Zoom talking to anybody right now. I'd be on a beach. No, he married into the Swanson TV dinner fortune. Ooh, <laughs> that's where his money came from. The house that lasagna built piece of fucking trash. Oh, I saw a sweatshirt the other day that had Garfield on it. And it said, 
I'm from the streets of Lasagna-less. And I... Oh, wait, I'd want that. Right, yeah, I kind of I kind of want that as well. Send me the link, dude. Let's get matching ones. I would absolutely rock matching streets of Lasagna-less sweatshirts. The last thing I wanted to say about that interview before we move on is that the fact that it is two hours and it is boring... Two hours? It's two fucking hours. And Sorry. It is, and, and, well, you watched the whole thing. I watched the whole thing. Well, yeah, I don't, I, don't have anything, I don't have anything else to do except sit here and think about who has limited days left and, and watch Tucker Carlson. All right. <laughs> That's, no, I'm kidding. No, I watched, the, I watched it, though. And the fact that it is boring almost works to Tucker's advantage because his audience is a bunch of squealing fucking hogs that aren't going to sit there and watch the thing for two hours. Just the fact that he was granted this interview then allows all of the right-wing pundits and stuff like that to ascribe whatever they want to so it becomes like a schrodinger's cat thing where this interview is essentially a black box where anything could have taken place so for the next however long probably until the election when they speak about russia just wait to hear right-wing people make reference to this interview and know that they are fucking lying because the only thing that Tucker Carlson did the entire time that was even a slight amount of, of balls was when he, he asked for the release of the Wall Street Journalist article at the end. And Vladimir Putin was just like, maybe if the price is right, are we done? <laughs> like he essentially ends the yeah, interview by yeah. saying, are we done here? And Tucker was like, well, yes, and thank you. That's where the weakness came in, is because I think, if anything, Putin should have expected when he said, are we done here, for him to be like, no, I got more shit to say. But he didn't. He was like, oh, well. Yeah, I want to start asking the hard-hitting questions. It's like, you're out of time, dude. You let this guy run all over you because you are Tucker Carlson. You are the husband of turkey and gravy money, and that is all you fucking are. Yeah, it sounds like something I bring up a lot when it comes to Trump, one of my last articles that cracked was about how NBC was like clearly trying to get Trump elected. Like yeah. they let him host SNL. Like he was on mm -hmm. Jimmy, like he was on Jimmy Fallon. He was on Jimmy Fallon. That's what I meant to say. Jimmy Fallon. Thank you. Yeah. It's okay. And one of the other things I noticed when I was researching that article, I went and watched all of Chuck Todd's interviews with Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump leading up to the 2016 election. And he would just hammer Hillary Clinton from like the second the interview started. And then when he would interview Trump, Trump would say just the craziest shit. And Chuck Todd would be like, huh, anyway, next question. And it was so blatant and so obvious that Chuck Todd either had an affinity for Trump or someone higher up in his ear was like, look, this interview is going to go a certain way. Like, it's not going to be a real thing. And it, I haven't watched the interview, but it feels like Tucker Carlson maybe went in with that same energy where he's like, I'm not going to let Putin make himself look bad, which, God, that's disappointing. Yeah. Like, on yeah. side you're on, like, you should at least want to ask one or two tough questions like and not just at the end yeah uh. well yeah and it, i don't know it was it was interesting watching it because it's just two people 
that are just deeply hateable, but it is a little bit like when you read Elon Musk's story and you're somehow like he sucks so bad that you're rooting for Peter Thiel a little bit in the story. You're like, yeah, right. And so that's kind of how I felt with uh, with Tucker being Elon and uh, <laughs> and Putin being Thiel in this version. It was you know, it was the end of Jurassic Park, you know, when they uh, get the little hissing fucking raptors and a T-Rex shows up to eat them, which is what Putin did to uh, Tucker Carlson. You're like, yeah, they're both bad, but uh, it is fun. It's honestly it's what what's fun about Trump. Is like, yeah, he sucks. He's one of the worst people ever. But boy, he made Jeb Bush look like a bitch, and that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, even Peter Thiel, like the whole Gawker thing. Like, on the one hand, it sets a really bad precedent in that, hey, if you say the wrong thing about the wrong rich person, they can just, like, finance enough lawsuits to bankrupt you. Yeah. But also, let's reflect on what Gawker did to Peter Thiel. They outed him as gay, which I believe we are on the side that would argue you don't fucking do that. Like, that's for Peter Thiel to decide if he wants that to be public information. And it's like, you fucking outed the wrong dude. Like, yeah. Why would you? Just like, don't out people. Yeah, like I'll out him as an alleged blood drinking vampire. That's that's a thing he allegedly is. And here's the thing, even though it set a bad precedent, it's a precedent that hasn't really been followed. Like for the most part, you can say shit about people, but that really was crossing a line. Yeah. And sorry, Gawker, you fucked up. Hey, speaking of that last Putin thing, I bring this up mostly because I'm sure it will happen here. if. Trump gets reelected. Putin signed a law that allows for seizing assets of those who, quote, discredit the military. What the fuck does that mean? Does that just mean, hey, I know the news is saying one thing about how the war in Ukraine's going, but it's actually going another way. Do they get to seize your assets? The speaker of the Duma, his quote in the article was that it targets, quote, scoundrels, traitors, and those who today spit on the backs of our soldiers, those who have betrayed our homelands. And yeah, you're exactly right. This is 2003 when I was in high school, kind of the thing actually coming real. We're all just like, man, George Bush is going to start locking people up who don't agree with the Iraq war, man. And now they're just actually doing it. And to your point, yeah, this will definitely be coming because the Republicans have shown no compunction about a, a directly adopting like Russian policies. Viktor Orban yeah. of Hungary, like the "Don't Say Gay" bill, was modeled after like Ron DeSantis openly was like, "Yeah, we modeled this on something Viktor Orban did, and he took that from Putin." So yeah, we mm -hmm. we we will not hesitate to adopt this type of stuff in our country, and this is even more fucked up than that. Scowy. Yeah, it's so scary. It is. It's yeah. It's it's getting especially scary. Like it really is. This election, twenty twenty four. Like, who do we fucking vote for? I said on the last episode, and nothing in the last seven days has changed my mind. I hope Kamala Harris twenty fifth amendments Joe Biden. Put those two in a primary in front of me, and I'm she's a cop, but I'm fucking picking Kamala Harris just on the grounds that she's not 185 years old. Like, normally you can be like, well, the lesser of two evils. I don't think there is a lesser of the fucking three evils that... No, they're just, they're just different. 
Yeah. Barely. Barely. It's going to be RFK Jr., Trump, and Biden. Those are going to be our choices. And like, if you're one of these people who are like, no, but you have to vote for Biden no matter what. It's like, come on. Like, I don't know. My dad's been writing in his own name for the presidential election the last couple of elections. Maybe we just vote for Bob. Maybe I'll just vote for Bob. There you go. Hey, my my dad's name is Bob, too. So, yeah, I'm on board with the pro-Bob candidacy. Yeah. Just kidding. When he votes for himself, he writes out Robert. I asked. (laughs) Sorry. I'm sorry. It's depressing. Where where does your dad live? In California, in, in Ventura County. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, yeah, that's, that's, that's the thing. I'm like, like I don't want to get the exact. I, 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 was, I was hoping Rivers was just going to stay silent until you were like, and his address is like, phone number. About my, my father. Oh, no, no. My, my security number. Fuck, say something. My, my, I think my, my camera froze up. No, I was just going to say, I think that being, being in California makes this a lot easier because we know exactly where this is headed i think that's kind of how he feels the people who live in swing states yeah because i left my shit blank last time like i I... refused to vote for the presidents in california here's the thing did everyone watch the super bowl jessica i know you did how about you rivers oh yeah (laughs) which president candidate do you remember running a super bowl ad that would be rfk And so and the RFK campaign commercial, because I was watching it, I was like, where the fuck did he get this money? And it was paid for by the ex-wife of the co-founder of Google, who got a big payout in the divorce. And she's like, she's it's funny because she's like in the news being like, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. And I'm like, that's literally his only thing. That's why you vote for that guy. What are you talking about? She's like, I'm just very critical of of vaccine injuries. And you're like, "Okay, lady, shut up. So you are an anti-vaxxer. We had an episode a few weeks ago called Let's Start Worrying About RFK Jr. Because here's the thing. I'm just speaking generally. Let's just say you're a blank slate who has never voted. This is the first time you're voting. It's a three-way race. Trump, who is probably in prison by now. Joe Biden, sorry, is 55 years old. And Robert F. Kennedy Jr., whose dad was assassinated to keep progressives taking hold in this country. That's the information you have. What's the lesser of those three evils? Is it still Biden or is it RFK Jr.? Because RFK Jr.'s only real transgression. And listen, motherfuckers, this is not me endorsing RFK Jr., but his main transgression is he is a vaccine skeptic. He was asked about vaccines and he said, "You, if I'm president, you can get whatever vaccine you want. Like, I'm not going to well, interfere. Not, yeah. So beyond the vaccine stuff and keep in mind, there are people on the left right now who are like all of this stuff coming from the Biden administration and the CDC about COVID lies. It's wrong. Like, we just did an episode where we talked about it. So, like, how does RFK Jr. not win? Do we know how he feels about, like, human rights, like uh, abortion and marriage and stuff? I was about to say. It's a Kennedy. I, I don't yeah, assume anything about anyone like that anymore. Yeah, that's true. He, I, he like, I stopped feeling safe about my bodily autonomy a while ago. 
Yeah. Yeah. He's extremely pro-Israel, which is also weird. So now all three of these people you're talking about are very much in favor of what's happening there. But also he, as far as that goes, I think he is going to, like every politician, bend to the whim of whoever is giving him money. And unfortunately, the people giving him money are right-wing weirdos. Or like the neo-traditionalist kind of people who are like, oh, he's a Kennedy, let's... Prop him up, but they're they've also got their own weird bag going on as well. But yeah, that's the thing. He's got that name recognition. Like oh baby. Yeah, I don't want any of these motherfuckers to win. I can't stress that enough. No, I think I think we all we all we all feel that way. Like my I think most st- of America feels that way, but maybe I'm wrong. Like my stance is we should just go without a president for a bit <laughs> and see if that works. <laughs> Because like electing these fucking figureheads and then making it the thing we fight about when this government does the same shit all the time, year after year. Do a couple of years without a president and see how it goes, honestly. I am like 100% with you on that. I mean, we we did four from 2016 to 2021. So Yeah, exactly. And it worked out fine. Like, there are some very fundamental and important things that every administration agrees on and they're all bad like immigration (laughs) like we're never going to be good to immigrants even though that's like our whole fucking vibe is yeah come here and fucking live the american dream it's like unless you have to like come here like if you're already here then yeah i guess live the american dream until we use your 23 and me information to boot you out of the country but like, I don't know how to vote anymore. I don't I like Joe Biden. I get that he's doing press conferences and being like, what Israel's doing is over the top, man. Over the top was uh, over the that, top. That was the phrase he used. I know. It's, it's like, yeah. And like, <laughs> if we are supposed to be the world police, this is a moment where we could really like be that. And like, be the world police. Not again, not that there aren't other genocides happening. Sorry, Armenia. We're very busy right now. But like, Israel is like our best friend. And like, we're not doing shit. And if you're one of these people who's like, vote blue, no matter who, it is unrealistic to think that's going to happen. That's not how anything progresses. It's not how anything progresses. But the alternative is people like vote for Trump out of spite. Or people vote for RFK Jr. out of spite. Like, they're not... It's all shitty. It's all shitty. That's the thing. We've hit a point where there's literally not a good option. You are fucking delusional if you think not Trump equals good option. Joe Biden is barely fit to be president now. And we're talking about the next five years. Yeah. Trump, again... I said this last week. This isn't a pro-Trump stance on my part. I think Trump shouldn't even be allowed to run for president. No. 2024. Like, yeah, no. So, like, me saying this about Biden isn't me, and I know people have a hard time separating this. This isn't me saying Trump should be our next president. Saying none of these motherfuckers should be our next president. And the answer cannot continue to be well, one of them's going to be, so take your pick. It can't be that for much longer. I remember 
the one of the oldest South Park episodes. One of the oldest, one of my favorite shows, one of my favorite episodes I watched as a kid, and it was all about voting, and it was voting for a mascot, and you could either vote for the giant douche or the piece of shit. <laughs> and those are your options, because those are our only options. And this is from 25 years ago? It was 2004, So it's just yeah. like, I've just <laughs> always thought about that South Park episode, and that's how I almost always feel. Yeah, my thing has always been, to your point about kind of the immovability of American uh, foreign policy and domestic policy, too, to a certain degree, is ultimately you're voting for, again, it's cliche, but you're voting for the hood ornament of the death machine, right? So at the end of the day, the thing to focus on is local. So if you want to feel like you're doing something and you can just ignore the process, I feel like if you live in a swing state, it's a different conversation that you have to have with yourself if you live in a place like Ohio or Pennsylvania, something like that, then absolutely you have to kind of wrestle with those sorts of things as far as who you're voting for for president. But if you have the advantage of living in a place like California, or if you lived in a place like where I used to, Alabama, where it's 100% going to go the way you think it's going to go, then it becomes down to you to look at your local elections and that sort of thing and kind of focus on that because they're the people who are actually doing the work are on the local level, I think. Yeah. So I don't like, know if this year, every state that's usually for sure is for sure. I feel it, like it's, this is different. People are upset. Like yeah. Every thing I listen to, everyone's like, I don't know what to do. Yeah, I think this is Trump's election to lose. I'll say that because it's that thing of like, he's he's pretty much the same guy. It's just a matter of if he can be scary enough to turn people towards Biden, or if he can be rah-rah enough to the to the hogs that he'll get a big turnout. But I, I don't think I don't see Trump's numbers going up. I only see Biden's numbers going down in this election. Mm -hmm. We're still not talking about RFK Jr. And I don't it, know anything about him. Well, the thing about him, he tried to run as a Democrat first. And okay. yeah, cute. Like we believe science on this side. And okay. when that didn't work, he decided he was going to run as an independent. And we did an episode a couple months ago called let's start worrying about RFK jr. And the reason it was called that is because there were a bunch of polls that came out around that time that showed in a three-way race, if RFK Jr. runs as an independent and Trump and Biden run as Republican Democrat. RFK Jr. slaughters them among young voters. Like, he wins by a lot. They just want something different, which is ironic that he's a fucking Kennedy. It's not yeah. anything different because he's from a long line. Of but, but no, like, imagine if you're a young person and, like, all these old people are arguing about these two old dudes. Meanwhile, RFK Jr. is 70. He's not that much younger. That's so he's... funny. The young buck is 70. Yeah. Yeah. And he, and he sounds like he ate Tom Waits' voice. <laughs> but he's got the most name recognition. He's got more name recognition than fucking Trump. And people associate that name, even given the anti-vax stuff. Sure. People associate the Kennedy name with a very particular ideal and it's not right wingers i feel like if it's a three-way race he's actually gonna pull a lot of voters away from biden and trump both 
it's like when people are like, oh, well, Trump's racist. You, you can't vote for him over Biden. And it's like Biden signed the crime bill that incarcerated millions of people of color in the 90s. Trump just like didn't rent apartments to black people in the 70s. I get the argument, but if you're talking to people who are actually impacted by it, I bet those feel like two sides of the same coin, kind of. And so at that point, like what's really stopping people from voting for RFK Jr., the COVID thing? Like, I don't yeah, know how much people care about that in six months. Like, what do you care about more? That, I could see that zling away. Like, I've seen it in interviews. He's been like, yeah, man, if I'm president, you can get whatever fucking vaccine you want. I, I feel like interested to see what he, how he feels on other issues. I just have to personally look into it because I, I don't. Yeah. And again, this isn't me endorsing this motherfucker either. It's like, no, I just want to do my research. If there's another candidate that's slightly less shitty. Yeah. And like, I don't like Trump. It's not like Trump is going to come into office and be like, day one, let's fucking start taking COVID seriously. And also, like, everyone on the left is complaining about how Biden is handling COVID. So that's that's kind of a level playing field on that issue. So I think you're right. It might come down to, well, now that we know every candidate doesn't care about COVID, where do we go from here? And then that makes it a whole new fucking race because I don't know. I bet I'd rather hear what Bobby Kennedy has to say about like private prisons than Donald Trump. That's what I'm saying. I like, I want to know what he has to say. I don't know. So he's, he's one of, like I said, he's one of those, uh, it's a classic politician thing of when you are out of the arena, as Roosevelt called it, you can say a lot of stuff. uh, Robert F. Kennedy uh, Jr. was an environmental lawyer. That was his trade. I actually saw him speak Bonnaroo in 2004 in between two of the bands. He came out on stage and talked about registering to vote and saving the environment and stuff like that. And you're like, oh, yeah, hell yeah, man, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., that's crazy. And then, of course, you find out all the anti-vaccine stuff. But currently, he is going on places like Alex Jones and going on Tucker Carlson, these sorts of things, and basically just being like, yeah, well, we can have the discussion about climate change, obviously. And it's because all of these right-wing fuckheads have started giving him money. So, but the problem with all of that, of course, is that is just classic garden variety hypocrisy for a politician. So most people are not going to see that the fact that he is very viable as a problem because that's, that's how they view everybody. I would imagine his view on private prison is determined by whether or not uh, who's paying him. Right. If people who own private prisons tell him to jump, he's going to say how high. Well, international news. Am I right? (laughs) i mean i mean our election is the most important election no matter where you are but uh this sucks this fucking sucks like look at the fucking quandary this country has put us in we're sitting here like i don't know rfk maybe who knows (laughs) what the fuck who knows the rock should we elect the rock hey the rock just turned heel The Rock's back wrestling. He just turned into a bad guy. Yeah, he's a heel now. He's got a spring football league to promote. Hell yeah, he's Hollywood Rock again. and It's 2003 all over. Look out, Iraq. (laughs) 
smell what he's doing. Yeah, Jennifer Amber, uh, Lopez and Ben Affleck are back together. The Rock's a bad guy on wrestling. It is 2003, y'all. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's our episode, right? Hell yeah. Hey, thank you both for doing this happy, fun time, upbeat episode of podcast television. Television, what? Podcast uh, television. What do we have to plug before we get out of here? We have a new merch store. You don't show dot link slash shop. You can get t-shirts, sweatshirts, long sleeve t-shirts, crew neck sweatshirts. That's about it. Just that. Uh, Adam Todd Brown dot substack dot com. I should be back in the country and doing things on there by the time you hear this. And I think that's it. Jessica, what do you got to plug? I feel dumb. I realized when we started that I didn't put my handle. I put my real name. But if you want to follow me, I was like, oh, but then I couldn't figure out how to do it without like ending the whole thing. So follow me on stuff if you want. Worst Cooks in America season 26 is still on Max if you want to watch me on TV. Who won that season? Was that you? It was was me. What? Spoiler. Spoiler. I won a season of television. Hell yeah. What do you got to play? Watch me. I I won an amount of money on an upcoming episode of Let's Make a Deal, just saying. And I I got to sit there and watch a man on fire with the power of show business. Like I was not ready for Brady. It was fuck Tom Brady. Fuck Tom Brady. Wayne Brady. Oh my god. Like, I've always liked Wayne Brady. I've always liked him. He's from Columbus, Georgia, which is like 40 minutes away from where I grew up, so I'm already inclined to like the man, but my god, just watching him do his thing, no second takes, just standing there, hit every mark, hit everything. Oh, so good. And uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Fucking Chappelle, Wayne Brady skit. Yeah. Oh, classic. So Uh, great. Tom Brady's the best quarterback but wayne brady's the best brady i dare tom brady to improvise humorous hip-hop songs i fucking dare <laughs> i him. dare him i yeah freaking dare, dare him. yeah you can I'm do your shit on the football field but time. let's <laughs> you can do it on the football field let's see you do it on whose line is it anyway bitch but no yes so there's that find me on twitter and instagram at rivers langley and you can check out my podcast it comes out every week it's called the goods from the woods we are oh god over what we're uh, we just finished episode 415 we've been running since 2013 one of the longest running shows in this city right up there with adam top brown's efforts so check us out and uh, talk- say that's too many episodes it's it's a lot well and we have to add 150 uh, corona diaries episodes on top of that that we did during the pandemic so we're and we got the patreon it's a it's a bunch so i'm i'm very out there uh, so find me there and uh, yeah yeah that's that's all i got all right let's get the fuck out of here rivers say goodbye it bought mike jessica would you please say goodbye bye everyone thanks for listening bye everybody we love you Oh,